We had an extra hour today, and I used that extra hour to record a podcast. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade, and I have just completed my fifth full season as a host here on the Lockdown Podcast Network and doing my podcast throughout the offseason right up until opening day 2024, and I intend to go through that season as well. Uh, thanks so much for making us your first listen, and be sure to check out some of the other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter, or whatever it's called now. And Instagram, I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Yep, uh recording this on Sunday, the 5th of November 2023. Uh dropping it later tonight or maybe Monday morning. Uh not sure when you're gonna listen to it. It is daylight savings, our stupid, stupid tradition of messing around with our clocks twice a year. All because, not because of farmers, it has nothing to do with farmers. We wanted to save a little bit of electricity during World War One, Please, please go on YouTube and find the brilliant uh, Last Week Tonight uh, segment on Daylight Savings. We got to abolish it. Okay, I'm done being political. Uh, it is uh, the offseason, which means we got to fill up a lot of stuff. I think 97% of all of Major League Baseball is staring at the chimney outside of Shohei Otani's home to see if we're going to have black smoke or white smoke. I honestly don't remember a free agency situation like this since LeBron James. What Was he going to go to resign with Cleveland? Was he going to go to Miami? Where was he going to go? Do you want to show, hey, do a decision. Why not? People talked about the decision like, oh, that was so tacky. It was so terrible. We all watched it. We all loved it. And by the way, that whole action, that whole mentality of we all watched it, we all loved it, uh, was the crux of a very, very interesting comment that I got on my YouTube page or on the show's YouTube page. I want to commandeer it just in case uh, they decide to DFA your pal Sully. You know, a lot of people have uh, written a bunch of things to me about uh, the World Series this year and said, uh, first of all... Uh, don't send me links about the television ratings of the World Series, okay? There is no microscope powerful enough to detect how little I care about television ratings. I don't care. I don't need people's permission to like something. I don't equate large audiences with quality. 
If that's the case, then the second Avatar film is a better film than every film the Coen brothers made combined. I don't think Martin Scorsese has ever made a film that comes even close to the box office gross of one of the Transformers movies. I don't equate huge audiences with quality, all right? And I don't really care. I'm not a Lone Depot ad exec. So whether they got high ratings or low ratings, I don't care. I don't care. Um, Chances are where you were, unless you were in Phoenix or in Texas, you probably got indifference from people around you about the series. Well, that's because baseball is regional. The interest of baseball tends to be extraordinarily regional. I've lived in New York when the Yankees have been great. I've lived in New York when the Yankees stunk. I've lived in Boston when the Red Sox have been great. I've been lived in Boston when they've stunk. I've lived in the San Francisco Bay Area when the Giants and A's have been great and when they've stunk. And now I live here in Los Angeles County. I've been here when the Dodgers and Angels have been both great at the same time. And I've been here when they've both stunk. And I can tell you the interest anywhere you go goes way down when the local team's not in it. Every once in a while, there will be a national narrative. The Red Sox winning, the Cubs, you know, the post-9-11 World Series. Every once in a while, there's a big, exciting series. And, of course, if the series winds up going seven games, you start to see that the casual interest does build up. When it was Texas versus St. Louis in 2011, that was considered to be a shrug of a matchup. But after the game six, which was an epic, a lot of people perked up. Said, oh, my God, did you see that? And you want to see it go on. Which brings us to the very interesting comment I got. And this may be a, um, for the lack of a better word, a theme of something I'm going to be talking about in a bunch of these episodes. Now, I'm going to read you the whole comment here. So bear with me for a second. It's from uh, a YouTube follower uh dvr c-o-r-g-d-v-r i did no idea what that name means forgive me uh maybe your name is uh it was was a posty he or she or they i don't know i don't know who you are i'm not gonna assume anything hey sully i've left comments before on apple Podcasts. whoops um i'm not always the best at checking the apple Podcasts. uh uh, the scary. Oh, oh, that's right. Uh, he's uh, this one's a big Astros fan who discussed the silliness of 2017. You actually featured my comment to one of your episodes back in 2021. OK, this is a question unrelated to the postseason, but it's something I'd like to hear your opinion on. It's actually not so much against uh, uh, it is kind of related to the postseason. So bear with me. We all know that many people were taking steroids in the late 90s. But as you said, and I agree with it saved baseball and was entertaining. Yep. I do think that well, it's unquestionable that it saved baseball. The turnstiles were not spinning. Everyone was angry about the World Series being canceled and the strike. And yes, there was a spike in interest when Cal Ripken broke the record held by Lou Gehrig. And of course, there was interest in the Yankee World Series in 96. But it wasn't until the home run races we got the preview of a home run race in 97. And then you got the Sosa McGuire chase of 98. And people started coming back, and lots of people who came of age in the mid-90s, that was their great moment. It saved baseball. There are people who grew up on it, 
And it was exciting. It was thrilling. Was it fraudulent? Maybe. Yeah. But it was still fun and exciting. And for a whole generation, that's what drew them into baseball. I'm going to go back to reading this. Uh, I rewatched the 2017 World Series highlights, and it's a true classic regardless of the Astros cheating in the playoffs or not. Every game was entertaining, and there was truly amazing games played. I'm not saying the cheating was justified, but you cannot deny in terms of World Series is one of the best in recent memories. Yes. Yes, it was. And that is one of the reasons why so many people were angered by it. That's also the same reason people were angered initially by Sosa and Maguire. Because there was a sense of we were seduced into something and we thought we were watching something great and we may have been watching something fraudulent. And so the initial reaction to the steroid era once it was revealed was anger. You duped us. You weren't doing what you said you were doing. And we feel dumb. We feel cheated. And I bet if I had a podcast around the time when all this was coming about, I probably would have been sanctimonious. But with some distance, we saw the positivity of that. We saw they brought a whole bunch of new people into there. And whether it was fraudulent or not, it was fun. That wasn't fraudulent. It was exciting. That wasn't fraudulent. And there are always reasons to hang asterisks over certain parts of the baseball history. Lots of people were using illegal amphetamines and things like that in the 60s and 70s. Is that the same as performance-enhancing drugs? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We saw home run records were set in the 20s because the balls were wound tighter, they were spotless, and the 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 rules of the of hitting were all the rules of the game were all favoring the hitter. And oh yeah, the game was segregated. There's always reason to hang asterisks over things. Which brings us to the 2017 World Series. A lot of people were initially really angry because the sense that that super razor thin World Series was being decided by a team that could not, who was almost perfect at home, who pounded aces like Chris Sale, CC Sabathia, Clayton Kershaw at home. And we were finding out that they had an unfair advantage at home. And there wasn't a soul in the world who didn't understand why the banging of the trash can and knowing what pitch was coming, why that didn't create an absolutely insane unfair advantage. And anyone who tries to say it doesn't, I will show you the scene in Bull Durham where Crash Davis keeps telling the hitter what pitch is coming and they all tee off on it because they know what pitch is coming. And there is not one person who's seen that scene who then says, well, why would they have hit a home run just because they know what pitch is coming? It's a huge unfair advantage. And it was cheating. This super razor-thin World Series, which should have been the great legacy of Clayton Kershaw because he would have been the World Series MVP. He dominated him in game one. He came out of the bullpen dominating game seven. And then they bang, bang, banged him. And he had two horrible innings in game four. Oh, was it game four or five? I can't remember. I'm doing something this off the top of my head. And that would have been his great redemption, his John Elway moment. And it was so simple. The banging of the trash can. Yeah, I know the Red Sox cheat in 2018. 
I know other teams may have cheated, but not in a World Series where it was that razor thin, where they eliminated the Dodgers and the Yankees. And Yankees realize that's probably the best chance they have for a World, Se- for a World Series appearance in two decades. But was it bad for baseball? With a little bit of distance, I would argue that it was great for baseball. Hey, we're talking about baseball here. You know it's football season, and it's the ideal time to think about joining FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player ops, overrunners, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the season. FanDuel is the official partner of the National Football League. I've made this point before, and I'm going to make it again. Villains are critical. Bad guys. Think about the best action movies. Think about the best superhero films, the best thrillers. Whether it's the best villains, whether it's the Joker or Thanos in the Avengers films. Or the best Bond films are the ones who have the coolest villains. Or when Darth Vader first walked through that door in Star Wars. The best villains, someone to root against. Rooting against something is as powerful as rooting for it. We just had a World Series. The Rangers and the Diamondbacks. It's a tough sell if you're not from Arizona and Texas. But there were storylines you could put on there. The Rangers have never won a World Series. And they had an underrated tortured history and they love playing up people love playing up tortured histories we finally won Hmm? what about that or what about the diamondbacks a team that everyone could look at as oh you've got no chance of winning all these years when people were complaining about the red sox and yankees winning left and right the thought was well what chance does a small market team in up against big spenders have well here's a small market team went up against big spenders huh Huh? It didn't light anyone's attention. I light, light, light my attention because I love baseball. But I get it. But one thing I saw a lot of was there were so many people, no matter who I talked to, and yes, it's strong here in L.A., but it's all across the country. Don't want to see the Astros win. You don't want to see the Astros win. We have a new villain. The Red Sox and Yankees, or the Yankees have been a villain for so long, they made a musical called Damn Yankees in the 50s. The Yankees have been hated by so many people that it's just part of the lore. Once the Red Sox won, they suddenly became evil too. And this is coming from a native New Englander, lifelong Red Sox fan. I get it. People hate the Red Sox. All right? Any goodwill that Red Sox had went away after 04. Now they're just a big bully. I get it. There's no more cuddliness of the Cubs anymore. They've won it. And for some reason, nobody embraced the White Sox. But 
in terms of a bad guy, the Red Sox and Yankees were getting stale. Even the big games, even when they play each other in the playoffs in 2018 and in 2021, it didn't have the same fire. It became a little bit of a dull attempt to capture the red hot, white hot fire from the mid 2000s. But ah, the Astros. The Astros became a great villain. Became a great villain for several reasons. First of all, what they did was, as I pointed out in the last segment, they cheated in a razor-thin World Series in a really silly way. There's a scandal, but it was a harmless scandal in a way. Yes, I know it affected people's livelihoods and everything, but it didn't involve drugs. It didn't involve assault. It was something that was silly. It was something you would see in like a in an hour gang. Uh, uh, boy, I'm dating myself. You know, it's something you would see in the Sandlot. You know, it's something kind of silly and kind of fun in its scandal. It's a scandal that wasn't life or death. And when we found out about it after the 2019 season, everyone was getting ready to boo the tar out of them. And then we got COVID. And nobody could go to the parks. No one could boo them. And while we were all away, the Astros still managed to be pains in the neck. They weren't that good in the COVID year, but they got to within one win of the World Series. And when everyone came back, there was a whole year of buildup to boo them. And it became fun. It became cathartic. And what did the Astros do? They kept being really good. Three more trips to the ALCS, four since they found out but three in front of fans, two World Series, and they nearly made it three in a row. And people were ready to boo, boo, boo them. Before Astro fans say that I'm being unreasonable and being horrible, remember, I did root for the Astros to win in 2021 and 2022 because I want to see Dusty Baker win a ring. So don't think I'm being unreasonable here, but I am pointing out that them being the villains turned out to be good for baseball. It became a unifying thing. I don't care who wins as long as it's not the Astros. Think about what happened in 2021 when the ALCS was between the Astros and the Red Sox. There were actually Yankee fans debating which team do they hate more. And for Yankee fans of a certain age, i.e. in like their teenagers or early 20s, who don't really have a memory of uh, you know, uh, the 03 and 04 playoffs, their vitriol is towards the Astros. Villains! They'll always be hated here in Los Angeles. But they're unified. They're the bad guys. And Astro fans, before you come at me about this and live in some sort of denial, why don't you embrace the fact that everyone hates you because you cheated then, and there, no one's taking away anything they've done now, but there's still the vitriol towards them. Love it. Embrace it. That's your role, and it's positive for baseball. It's a fun hate. Think about all the things, and I've made this point before, but think about the last bunch of years. Think about now. Think about the things that cause anger and vitriol 
Think about we get COVID, race riots, a riot at the Capitol, what's happening around the world, and no one's able to agree on anything. Wars in Ukraine, wars in the Middle East, all these things that make people so angry about things of substance, to have something that's fun to be angry at, I think is a positive thing. There are a lot of people rooting against the Astros, and that's so important in baseball. That's so important in sports. People rooted against the Celtics and Lakers forever. People rooted against the Heat when LeBron showed up there. People rooted against, well, not in L.A., but they rooted against Kobe everywhere else on the planet Earth. People rooted against the Cowboys. People rooted against, yeah, I, I don't know football as well as the other sports, but, well, gee whiz, you think people hated the Patriots? Who cheated? And won after they cheated? You think people were happy to see when they lost and kicked it? Oh, I can't believe they won again. Why do you think everyone outside of Worcester, Massachusetts was smacking their forehead when they didn't hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch to score a touchdown? Because they were going to beat the Patriots. Because people hate them. Hate of a team is as strong an emotion for being into a sporting event than love. And you know what? That may sound, I don't know, counterproductive, but think about it. How much do you root for someone and how much do you root against them? How much do you root for a sports team and how much do you root against the bad guys? How many times did I love turning on a Yankee game this year and hearing John Sterling and Susan Waldman sounding sad. Honestly, how many of you follow a locked on podcast for a team you hate because you want to see the host's reaction when the team loses? And when there's a unifying villain like the Astros, do you know what? That's good for baseball. So the answer, my long-winded answer to your question, I think the 2017 World Series will turn out to be great for baseball the same way steroids were. But not for the reason that you're saying, because it was just a great World Series. I think it because, in, unlike so many things happening in our world right now, it was unifying. Um, just a couple of things to go over. It uh, looks like Buck Showalter is one of the finalists for the Angels managing job. Look at, I would love that. Lest we forget, people will look at Buck Showalter based on the disastrous season the Mets had, like, oh, how good is he? Well, when was the last time he was manager of the year? You have to go all the way back to 2022. And the teams that he takes over tend to go over quite well. Now, he's not going to have Shohei Otani. And Mike Trout is probably at the decline part of his career. But I want to see Mike Trout in a World Series. And I'd like to see Buck Showalter in a World Series, quite frankly. Uh, it's going to be interesting because I think he'd be a great fit in Anaheim. And also because he's dealt with Steinbrenner. And Moreno and Steinbrenner are, you know, 
there are elements that are common between the two, the meddling and the, the culture that just is weird from the head up. You know, it's like from the head down. That's what I meant to say. Uh, I mean, I've talked about this before. The rehabilitation of George, George Steinbrenner's legacy is nothing short of bizarre to me because I'm old enough to remember the George Must Go chant. I'm old enough to remember when Steinbrenner had the most power, the Yankees couldn't win piddly-poo, and he was trading away all their best assets. But Showalter managed, and in fact was a big part, uh, along with Gene Michael, for what happened during the Yankees' glory years of the 2000s, of the, of the 90s and the 2000s. The Angels should do. They should hire Kim Eng, and they should hire Buck Showalter, and tell Moreno, please, just... Just let them do their job. Let them do their job. And I guarantee you the turnaround would be Diamondback-esque. What is happening with my mouth today? Anyway, so we'll see about that. I hope he, I hope the Angels do sign him. I think they'd be a great uh, pickup. But again, I thought the same thing about Joe Madden. So what the heck do I know? Uh, also, the Gold Glove Award winners came out today, the first of the awards. I never know what to think of the Gold Gloves. I mean, I think they're using more statistics and, and better – analysis to create the gold gloves than they did for a while. Remember Rafael Palmero won the gold glove one year when he was primarily a DH. And I think for years they just gave to Ozzie Smith because, because, um, so I never know really what to make of them. It's hard to get super excited. And Nathaniel Lowe won for the, at, at the AL include first base, Nathaniel Lowe, the Rangers, uh, Andres Jimenez of the guardians, second base, uh, Yankees, you got you turned down all those shortstops for Anthony Volpe. Well, Anthony Volpe is a Gold Glove shortstop. Congratulations! I'm sure that's better than having Corey Seager on your team. Uh, Matt Chapman, great pickup for the Blue Jays. He gets third base. Jonah Heim, uh, another a lot of Rangers on here. Jose Brios, uh, Jonah Heim was the catcher. Jose Brios was the pitcher. Uh, Stephen outfielder Stephen Kwan of the Guardians. Kevin Kiermaier won again. For the Blue Jays this time, and Adolis Garcia is piling up the awards. He's right field for uh, the Rangers, and Mauricio Dobon as utility. That's new, relatively new. The heavy utility. Uh, the National League's Christian Walker, the D-backs at first. Nico Horner, first-time Gold Glove winner for the Cubs at second. Cabrian Hayes, uh, Gold Glove winner at third base. Nolan Arenado did not get it. Look at that. Uh, shortstop is Dansby Swanson. Uh, catcher Gabriel Moreno for the D-backs. Uh, Zach Wheeler got the gold glove as a pitcher uh, for the Phils. Ian, the, an outfield of Ian Happ of the Cubs. Uh, Brenton Doyle of the Rockies. Who I, You know what? I like that because I saw a bunch of Rockies games when I subbed for Locked on Rockies over the summer, and he was a good, he's a good outfielder. And look at that. Fernando Tatis, right field, gold glove right fielder. Uh, Sung Kim of the Padres. Uh, who's a great utility person, got that there. So, I don't know. I, I suppose all good. Uh, other awards are going to be coming up soon. I'll be making my predictions. I wasn't going to do predictions for the Gold Gloves because, I mean, good for you, all of them. I, f- forgive me if I'm not up on all the defensive stats. So, um, I think some of the – I think there's going to be some absolute no-brainers in some of the awards, which I still think should be handed out before the playoffs start. Because I know someone's, there will inevitably be some knucklehead who sees Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to win the MVP in the National League, and there'll be some jabroni out there saying, "Well, I, the Braves didn't do anything. Why are the Braves winning? Because they're they're regular season award." Please, 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 please understand that. 
And we're going to go through some of that. And we're probably going to talk to Miller Thomas, who I hope is okay, recovering after the Diamondbacks lost the World Series. And we're going to find out some news about the A's because there's some interesting developments as the A's move to Las Vegas is not as concrete as it was just a few months ago. So we'll see where that leads us. Uh, today's trivia question is going to be Gold Glove related, however. And the question is, which Hall of Famer has the most career gold gloves? And I, it, it's who has the most career gold gloves is the question. And the person happens to be in the Hall of Fame. So that is your trivia question for uh, to answer down here at uh, on the YouTube page or Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. Or I'm your pal Slime at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Realizing that steroids and cheating are really good for the game. This has been Locked On MLB as daylight saving is over, but the podcast will continue. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible T-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.